welcome. This is the Dating Counselor Podcast, the show that takes you out of the dating game and into a successful relationship. I'm Lonnie Harmon, and I'm a licensed therapist, and I am the Dating Counselor. Thanks for listening. So what does it take to create a successful relationship? Well, that is the question that I am out to answer in teaching you my new class, The Relationship Screening Method. Go over to thedatingcounselor.com, click under Courses, and learn more about this new course that I'm offering on a virtual platform that also comes with weekly live coaching sessions with yours truly. So that's again, go to thedatingcounselor.com, look under courses and look up the relationship screening method so that you can actually apply the method to then begin creating your successful relationship. Hello, I'm so excited to have you guys here with me today. Thank you for listening to this special episode. I have guests Paul and Shayla, and they are here to tell you about their modern day love story. You are going to fall in love with this couple, and you're going to want to be their best friends. (laughs) They are going to share with you their journey from how they met from Salt Lake City, Utah to Rwanda, Africa. They're also going to share with you their perspectives on bringing their culture together as a couple through their wedding celebration and their perspectives on the differences in dating in the United States, specifically in Utah, and the difference in how Paul would suggest that men approach. I know you're going to love this episode and you're going to want to share it. So please feel free to share and help celebrate this beautiful love story of Paul and Shayla. Thanks for listening. I'm so excited to introduce my guests today. I have Shayla and Paul, and they are here to discuss all of the things that my heart has wanted to know for years since they got together. (laughs) And I really think you're going to enjoy this. So why don't you guys go ahead and just get started by introducing yourselves? My name is Paul Hakezimana. I am from Rwanda. I was raised in in Rwanda and uh, I've lived here almost my whole life. And um, I'm in America right now. And my name is Shayla Hakizimana. I was born and raised in Orem, Utah. I went to school up at BYU-Idaho. Uh, one of those people who thought they were going to get the ring by spring, and I didn't get married until I was 37. So, Did you get your money back? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what dating was like before you met each other. Uh, well, uh, living in Rwanda and uh, having... Uh, being uh, lived in a country that was uh, devastated by genocide and myself uh, lived on a street abandoned and living on an orphanage so all of that has uh, had carried out I mean has carried out a lot of way in my my the way I related to uh, to girls I was able to uh, to work at least have a certain form of living because where I come from, 
if you don't have money, you don't date. You try to avoid it altogether if you really don't have anything. You so. try to avoid dating altogether? Correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think people in the United States do that too. I mean, I feel like that's a worldwide universal thing. <laughs> but I think we all avoid for different reasons. Right? So for me, in my case, I was just kind of afraid to go into anyone's more homes mm -hmm. because uh, first of all, I didn't have my family. So I was by myself. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the girls that I've seen around that actually I could date were like up here on a social hierarchy of the country. So I would even get closer to them. But then when I was able to make it, have me establish myself mm -hmm. and I could go out on a date, mm -hmm. which again, that's another argument in my country. We don't have such a thing as a date. It doesn't exist. Oh. Yeah. We don't have that. It's not within our vocabulary. If they see you with a girl, then they will they will hope or they will know that you're getting married. Oh my goodness. Yes. So we're jumping from like, <laughs> she looks great to uh -huh. if, I'm walking down the street, this is with my uh, wife. Absolutely. So if they see I you with that. I think that's what happens in Provo. <laughs> <laughs> so let's bring that to Provo for a minute. Uh, you're on campus, you're single, you walk around the halls with uh, a girl, there she is. Just <laughs> Right? I think that's something though that it's an unconscious projection that that we put on people. You know, what's the expectation of when they see you with one person? Is that the person and your person? So, is there an opportunity for you to decide if you want to walk down the street with her, or is it like you did it and therefore by honor you're bound? Well, you, uh, especially myself and many uh, young men that are looking forward to any sort of starting a family so if you happen to uh to want to maybe to go out with a girl you never want their parents to know or anybody to know that you've actually gone out with this with this girl so you would plan either to meet at school mm -hmm. or elsewhere because you don't want to be involved mm -hmm. so it. you have figured a way around the system yes and if we don't tell people then we have an opportunity to get to know each other that is right okay. so a lot of people do that okay i think that happens here too mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. i was just thinking like how many times did i get teased about some boy that i was with and so i didn't want to be seen with a boy because i didn't want to be teased right right yeah i think if we could as a culture i mean even just in the immediate culture of salt lake city you know northern utah i mean Heck, let's start with holiday. I don't know. <laughs> but just say like, hey, if you're with somebody, that means we're getting to know each other. If you see an engagement ring and an announcement, then we're getting married. How long are we getting to know each other mm. before we're saying, now I know enough to marry you? So is there, can you get to know someone in Rwanda for a very long period of time before you decide to come forward or? Yeah, you do. Uh, there's mostly, uh, when you go to, again, back to the class, Mm -hmm. So those that are in high class, they have, usually they have arranged marriage mm -hmm. among themselves. So mm -hmm. the rich marry the rich and the poor marries the poor because mm -hmm. the poor never afford to pay the dowry. Mm -hmm. So you stay within your social status. Mm -hmm. But if you could cross the boundary mm -hmm. and go to within this other social class, so you can get to know each other behind the eyes of the parents mm -hmm. for quite some time. And then you can convince a girl to go and speak to their parents. Because mm. you just the fact that you can stand up with your feet and go to their house, mm -hmm. it's a sign of bravery. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's just in their house. Mm -hmm. And his parent to meet you there. Mm -hmm. You would have to explain yourself why you're there. Mm -hmm. And it's really frightening. Mm -hmm. You they ask you who are you and what are you doing and what's your plan? And no man in my country, no young man in my country want to be asked those kind of questions. Because mm -hmm. they understand this is a family that requires you to pay to give them at least twenty to fifteen cows. Mm -hmm. And you can barely feed yourself. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Correct, yeah. And I think you speak to a principle that in the United States, uh, as early as maybe the late 1800s, we're starting to make choice happen in dating mm -hmm. across classes. Yes. And maybe not in every country, but in the United States, that's kind of where that happens. And so then we learn this new phenomenon called like, love is hardwired inside of us, but dating is not natural also something that's not intuitive getting dating skills requires you to first know that you need them and mm -hmm. then second to figure out which ones work for you that's right and it sounds to me like in in uh, rwanda when you get to know a woman there's so many layers of how much can i provide for her that potentially you do a lot of like watching and looking and noticing one before you're even going to approach her that is right okay yeah Shayla, what was it like for you? <laughs> How do you follow that? Growing up in Utah, I probably had a, an experience that was similar to a lot of what girls in Utah go through. So in high school, thinking, oh, I'm going to turn 16. I'm going to go on all these dates and then not really going on all these dates. Um, I went on a few here and there with some friends and then college, same experience, kind of thinking, OK, maybe I'll go on more dates and not really going on very many dates again. Um, I actually had a cousin who said something to me that I thought was really interesting when her daughter was a teenager. She said that her daughter liked this boy down the street. And so her and the, the boy's mom would work out that they would have the daughter go pick up something from the boy's house that the mom needed. And they would, the other mom would have the boy answer the door. So they'd have to have this like awkward conversation or whatever. And then they go and she's like, my daughter gets so mad about it. And I said, you're actually really helping her because here I am in my thirties learning how to talk to boys and she's learning as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of us kind of go through that. Right. So eventually sometime in my twenties, I thought I need to learn how to talk to boys because I'm not ever going to go on dates if I don't figure this out. And so I would set goals for myself. Like you have to talk to five boys at this church meeting or whatever. And um, I just did that for years and years. And I, I think I can't speak for the boys, but I, I feel like I had a lot of connections with boys and it seemed like they were scared. And I don't know if that was true or not, but they could never keep moving on. I would go on so many dates and then they would just disappear. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how dating was for me for, for most of my life. Um, speak to this like they're scared. I mean, I love that concept because, I mean, Paul's hitting on that. That's happening in Rwanda too. Mm -hmm. What What did that look like for you? Like, And sometimes I felt like it was because I, I was a woman who had my life figured out and I had a good job and they were scared to get in a relationship with somebody who was at that point in their life and they weren't necessarily when maybe they should be. And so sometimes it was just avoidance and sometimes it was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to flirt with you, but I'm never going to ask you out. Um, it was a, a lot of combination of a lot of different things that looked probably a little bit different for every single guy that I, that mm -hmm. I talked to. One of the things that I've been teaching is that for men it's about timing i i'm ready to move forward at this point in my life like i want the 
wife and the kids and the, mm. the whole thing. I'm, I'm ready to do that. I'm telling you that I want to date, but I really am just looking to go on a few and then move on to somebody else. Because I think in the United States, we also say use the word date to describe exclusive. We describe a relationship. We describe it as I've been on a date or I am dating mm-hmm. someone. There's not a lot of different layers. So, And I think also culturally, I think they feel like they have to want to get married or they have to want to have girlfriends. And they don't necessarily, not that they don't want to, but they're going to make kind of moves in the right direction and then pull out before they actually have to do anything real about it. So Mm -hmm. that's what it felt like anyway. Yeah. That kind of looking for the validation that someone is interested in me. And then when I have that, that's all I need to move to the next person to figure out if I can validate that same need. Yeah. Yeah. It's exhausting. At some point after I'd been dating for years and years and years, I didn't meet Paul till I was 36 or 37. Um, at some point I just had to say, I, I know I'm going to get married. I have a strong feeling about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to worry about it too much. And I'm just going to go have adventures and I'm going to travel and I'm going to hang out with my girlfriends and I'm going to just do my thing. Mm -hmm. And if a guy comes along, great, I'm here, I'm ready. I'm going to jump in, but until Mm -hmm. then I'm just going to do my thing. So how, how did you get through that? Like, I think keeping goals was big for me. I'm a a very goal oriented person. So like I mentioned before, I'm going to talk to five boys or I'm going to go, you know, converse with these other friends who are in the same problems and see if we can figure things out together. But I didn't dwell on it. I filled my life with other things so that I wasn't always thinking about being single and being sad. How did you avoid the man haters club? I just didn't, (laughs) I didn't partake in it, I guess. I was never a man hater. And I think you kind of, you start to be around what you are, right? You, You seek out kind of Whatever you're looking for, I guess, is what you, you find. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ever looking for that. And so if people would start talking about man haters, I would just try to spend the optimistic thing. Like I, my thing was always that I would say, I know there are good guys out there. I don't know where they are. I don't know how I'm going to find one, but I know they exist. And so I would just try to end the conversation. If they wanted to keep going, that was great. I didn't need to be there. So I'd love to hear how you guys met. A few years back, I guess it was in 2018, I had a cousin who was serving a mission for the LDS church in Uganda. She was there with her husband, who was the mission president, and her parents were there as senior couple missionaries, and they were in that same mission, but they were in the country of Rwanda. So I planned with some of my girlfriends to go visit them, because that's what I did. As I mentioned before, I would just fill my life with adventures, and I thought, I'm going to go to Africa. And all of my cousins and aunts and uncles knew if they moved somewhere, Shayla was going to be the one to come to visit them. So for a few years before this, I was planning my trip, like here are the things I want to do. I'd follow my cousin's blog and pick out all of my adventures. Even just a couple months before it was time to go, my aunt and uncle who were living in Rwanda, we had contacted them and said, we want to go gorilla trekking like in Tarzan. We think that would be really cool. And they said, great. Uh, that's awesome. It's probably a little far for us to take you, but no worries. There's this man in our branch. His name is Paul. He owns a tour company and he will take you gorilla trekking. We've already talked to him. We're going to do that. And we Wait, said, did that's you great. Social, social media stalk him at all beforehand? No, 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 no social I, media stalking. Yeah, we emailed, uh, I think we emailed once. I was working with our, our tour guide in Uganda and my sister was working with Paul. It turned out that a few months before we left, my uncle had a heart attack and they got emergency transferred out of Rwanda. 
And my aunt, they had 24 hours to leave the country to come back to Utah. And she called me and said, don't worry. I've talked to Paul. He's still going to take you on your trip. He'll just take you the whole time. And I'm like, that was not something you had to worry about in your last 24 hours in the country. But it was it was nice of her. So we show up to Rwanda and we know that Paul's going to be our guy. So we get off the plane and we're looking for somebody who has a sign that says Lisa. Lisa was the one who had been conversing with him. So we're just looking and there's this guy following us with a sign and we're not looking at his sign because his sign doesn't say Lisa on it. It's like got a whole, anyway, he's following us around the circle. (laughs) And finally I look at it and it has all of our names on there. (laughs) And I said, are you Paul? And he was like, yeah. And from that instant, I was like, I gotta be this guy's friend. Like, look how persistent he is. He's, he knew what he wanted, even though we weren't looking, he's like following us around with a sign. He was super happy, excited. He was jumping, come on guys, let's go. We're gonna go see the girls. This is gonna be great. And so I was definitely not thinking anything romantic because who thinks I'm gonna go to Africa and find a man to meet there. But I thought I wanna be this guy's friend. He seems really great. So good energy, right from the <laughs> Absolutely, <gate hall>. absolutely. <laughs> they, well. You may think that, you know, the, the cousin and the aunties, they kind of made the arrangement in a I way. Think, I think after I heard <laughs> the story, I was like, oh, they totally, totally Yeah, I'm like, did. how did they make this happen? You no, know? they didn't. They definitely had no They were ecstatic, but they didn't make the arrangement. <laughs> so from your perspective at the airport... At the airport, I actually, uh, you know, with the, with the tourism business that I was heavily involved into, there's different people that comes in the country with different uh, thing they want to do. Mm-hmm. And you when, you, when they come in, you really don't look at them as your future dates or... Oh, of course. No, yeah. you don't do that. So you look at them as your clients and mm-hmm. you want to give them the best experience they can, you know, they, you, they can imagine mm-hmm. the wow moment. Mm-hmm. So when they come back to America, whenever they're coming from, they can be like... They will advertise for you. Mm-hmm. They'll be, they will be. They'll talk about your business, and you can get more clients. So that's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Give the best that I can, and then help me further my business. Mm-hmm. However, along the, uh, you know, once they got there, and we in the car, and we're singing, it was just we're having so much fun. And I noticed her among all of them. Mm-hmm. And but I t- promised myself that I'll keep it professional mm-hmm. and I'll not say a word mm-hmm. at all. Because in my professional of work, I there's no way I could have treated one person extra I mean give him more attention than the of others. Course. And I should treat them all of them the same. So I maintain that and I told he has myself a that lot I, of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you're that you're like Oh, I think that she's and professional. I am professional. I, <laughs> At I least will not try. hold her hand up the hill. I will just encourage everyone. Everyone <laughs> to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, as a tour guide, you really don't think of anything within those lines. Of you course. really don't say, well, after this or this, there will be, this will happen. You don't have that in mind. All mm-hmm. you're doing, you're just doing your job. Mm-hmm. And you enjoyed your job, it sounds like. Absolutely. Showing people your country was exciting well, absolutely. for Absolutely, especially when they smile, they're having all the fun time. It's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but along the along the way for the past four, two weeks, you were in the country, I started noticing something special about her. Mm-hmm. But 
then, but I promised myself it would be something I can talk about when they come yeah, you think back if, home. Yeah. If they come back or if I have an opportunity, that's when I'll, uh, that's when I'll attempt to maybe say what I'm But thinking. not in the country. Right. They'll have to be in, in Back, back in America, back in America okay. and it will be more of one-on-one -on -one discussion. Is this mm -hmm. something you'd want to do? Mm -hmm. And then there will be, she can say yes or no. Mm -hmm. oh, but then as a return missionary, we don't take a no for an answer. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> we invite, they commit, and we follow up. <laughs> Persistently. I know a lot of return missionaries that don't do that, but I found the one that does. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Okay, Shayla, so you get off the plane, you see him, he's got great energy. Take us to the next place. So we go gorilla trekking and he's nice and friendly and whatever. He there was a point where he was singing. We were practicing for a fireside that we were going to be singing in Uganda. And so we were singing our different songs we, some of them were him some of them were broadway just different collection of songs and there was a point where he sang a song and all of us were like oh that's so tender like that was so cute i think somebody even got it on video and so anyway i love to reflect back on that moment but still not really thinking anything until the trip goes on we went up to uganda came back to rwanda and i remember there was a moment we, we had brought a bunch of school supplies to bring to these kids um and we, we went over to the school and the man who was like the, the principal of the school or something, he lived just around the corner from the school. And we brought all the supplies there and the kids were dancing for us and thanking us and whatever. And this man who, who was the principal, we didn't get to meet him at this point because he actually was very sick. And so Paul had disappeared unbeknownst to us, gone over to this man's house to take care of him and talk with him and, and whatever. And I start looking around like, where's Paul? Like, and that was the first point I thought like, oh, maybe I have like a little crush on this guy because why do I care where this man is? I mean, of course I care about him, but I, I just was like, where is he? I can't, I, he's not anywhere to be found. And anyway, so time goes on and, and we finish up our trip. Um, and I had more of these like, where's Paul moments, but not really thinking anything of it because it's fun to have a crush on a trip, right? It's not mm -hmm. a big deal until we're, we're leaving the airport and Paul's going around like saying goodbye to each of us. And I give Paul a hug and I felt like this electric shock go through my body. And I, it was so weird. Cause I was like, I barely know this man. I've known him for two weeks, but I feel like I'm leaving my best friend here. And why would I leave my best friend in a country that I don't know how safe it is. I don't know if he's going to be okay. You, you wouldn't leave your friend here. And I just remember feeling that and thinking that was such a weird thought to have. They try. <laughs> that is very true. But remember, mm -hmm. I was at the peak of my career. Mm -hmm. huh? I had, I have, a, I had a contract with the church because mm -hmm. my uh, right after my mission, I think that's where I can say my life really changed completely. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Shayla's feeling all this electricity go through her body. Where are you at, Paul? She's hugging you goodbye. I am kind of having the same feeling too. Because mm -hmm. I spend really, I spend a quite a amount of time with these people that I really don't know, mm -hmm. but they've come really close to me, and I start treat, treating them like a family. They're a beautiful group of friends. They were really nice people. Yeah, really mm -hmm. nice. And I, so they left. I was like, wow. Did you exchange information? We or actually did you already just because you kind of had information beforehand. We had connected on Facebook okay. with all of them. Because there wasn't really a way to talk to each other. 
when yeah. we were in our hotel and he was out. So we oh, so it's kind of like so we while we're on the journey, mm-hmm. we've already connected. So that was already check what? check. <laughs> <laughs> but when oh, we I did that, so you yeah. didn't have to ask, shall we stay connected? It was maybe the assumption that you will. Yeah, we were friends. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you're going to text him. Hey, I got home safely. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think, the world. <laughs> I think he checked on me at some point and said, have you made it home safely? And I said, I've made it to Qatar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of layovers. It I'm is. guessing, right? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And then um, he had mentioned, yeah, um, when I got home, I was like, oh, it was the payment that mm-hmm. we had. We didn't tip him very well. And I thought, this guy is working his tail off. He's working harder than anybody I know in the U.S. and he's making pennies and we didn't know. And so I don't know if we paid him appropriately. I don't know if we didn't. He doesn't have a website. His Facebook page isn't very good. Maybe I can just help him. I worked in marketing at the time and I thought maybe I can help him build a website. Maybe I can help him with his Facebook page. I'll just send him a message and see if I can help so that we can get him more the appropriate amount that he deserves for, mm-hmm. for his trips. So that's kind of how we reconnected. I mean, we had been talking like, did you get home safely? And then I just said, can I help you with your website? Oh yeah, that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And I think right after that, then I realized uh, I'm interested in this, but you know, there is a more to the story in there, mm-hmm. but I think that's at that point, I actually realized that there is somebody who's actually interested in what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And that was the kind of green light for me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, I actually realized I actually know this girl really well. I have worked with his, uh, I've worked with the mission president because my office was in Kigali mm-hmm. and I had a contract with the church to, uh, for ground transport mm-hmm. of all the dignitaries from the church. Mm-hmm. So the apostle that comes in the country, I was the one to go pick, the, pick them up. Uh, the missionaries that came in the country, I was the one to go pick them up and, you know, get their visas and working permits. And when the mission will come in the country, I'll go pick them up and we'll have all these conversations. And I was, and, and I, again, I worked with a aunt and uncle. So I was more like, I was already connected to the family. Hmm? So you see her, yeah. but you also know a lot about who who she comes from and who they are as a people. Absolutely, And that's yes. giving you a lot of good insight into what kind of a person she is as well as that the interactions correct, yeah. you've had with her. Okay. That I think correct, another yeah. thing too mm-hmm. was, I remember specifically, so I get, I get car sick. So I sat in the front all the time and I was talking to Paul all the time. So we became really good friends because mm-hmm. we were talking, we had a lot of long drives, right? But I remember him asking me questions about what dating is like in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And where here in the U.S. I might shield my answers a little bit because maybe this is a potential. To me, Paul's not a potential. He lives in Africa. I'm never going to see him again. So why wouldn't I just be completely honest with my answers? And I think that's a, a good point too, and and maybe something we can talk about later is that my willing to be honest and vulnerable because I didn't know him actually made our connection really deep from the beginning. Yeah. When you bring yourself into the scenario right from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you don't have to like filter through all the pretense of what is it that I'm trying to say or should I say, or Mm -hmm. what do they want to hear? Am Mm -hmm. I trying to impress him? It didn't matter. I wasn't going to see him again. But you were impressive as you were, as Mm -hmm. you are, Mm -hmm. you know, and that I think is where you say like that strong bond happens Mm -hmm. because you bring yourself straight from the beginning. Yeah. So everyone do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So you're home. You say, can I help you with the website? He says, yes. Actually, I think he ignored me. (laughs) (laughs) He was busy running his company. He was busy. That is correct. Yeah. I was busy. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was because they. Uh, I had a some senior member of the church mm-hmm. that were coming in a country, and it was a huge event that was prepared that was organized, mm-hmm. and I was the one who had to basically organize the security protocol oh, of wow. the apostle in the country. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, what, so why aren't you texting me? Well, so and so came into town, and I'm record. I'm the security coordinator. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think it does lead to a point, though, that sometimes at the first part, as you're building your relationship, the rhythm of how you get back to each other and how often mm-hmm. it can feel like lots of time goes by when you're mm-hmm. eager for that momentum to keep building. That's just right. So maybe yeah. that's how I should frame it: is how did you keep the momentum building to get to know each other. At this point, neither of you know it's romantic. Mm-hmm. You maybe know individually there's interest, but so how did you keep the momentum going? Mm-hmm. Well, I think after like after like a week or two, I emailed my product tested on Facebook, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, how are you doing? And how are things going?" So I got us moving from like we're talking about helping each other, how helping with the business and. And then I started talking about moving from the business point of view because I was as much interested in that because I wanted, I actually realized that she has interest in me and I was already interested in her. Mm -hmm. So I started kind of moving into getting to know her. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your life like? What is, how are you, how did you, are you, uh, how did you grow in within your family? And so I trying to get to know her at individual level. Mm-hmm. And I know I already, I already had a trust that she would tell me, like she'll open up to me. Mm-hmm. So I already have that. So there's a little bit of information exchanged about the website, but then you're also like, tell me a little bit more about you. And I yeah. have, and those are some really good questions. So I'm sure you're reading <laughs> this and you're like, I love asking. He's asking me questions. I didn't, I don't think I really thought much of it because his mind, he's like, she's going to leave the country and we're going to start dating. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to help this guy with his website. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, he's being friendly. Whatever. Yeah. Back. <laughs> uh-huh. So you start corresponding back and forth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And to some point I said, we should date. We should date. And I said. So date to you meant go on a date? So date I meant, given the fact that she had explained to me what date is in mm-hmm. America, then I actually asked her for a, on a, for a date online on Facebook. So nice. I was to, we were supposed to, I was to, to video call chat. her to video mm-hmm. chat. So she asks you for an American style date. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you think and, I and said, say what? And she no. disappeared. <laughs> I was like, I, I, no, I don't want to date you. <laughs> You live in Africa. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But he was persistent and he kept asking and I was like, what's the harm? I guess I can just... So how many times did you ask before she said yes? Oh, I can... It would be several times. Like more uh, than five or like... So because she... See, well, she didn't reply. The first was the text, which oh, she okay. never said anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I waited a little bit, but kind of gravitating my composition into something else mm-hmm. and then i went back to that again so she's talking to you about other things she doesn't answer about the date no she's trying she's really running away from that i don't think that that's true yeah well that is true <laughs> <laughs> we have text history <laughs> and then you're like but okay, some point yeah and then, and, this again. yeah i think what she wanted at least 
because it was more of texting, right? But mm -hmm. when you talk to somebody, there's a sense of, there's that level of connection. It's a human mm -hmm. connection that is between you and her when you're talking to each other. Mm -hmm. You can hear, you can really, you can kind of have that, you can hear her breathing. Mm -hmm. You can hear talking, you can hear smiling and mm -hmm. can really kind of experience that you can, you, know, you can have that human experience from mom, from her and she can feel that to me too. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. point I was able to then kind of voice it verbally okay would you like or would you like to date mm -hmm. and she was like no and i said then again, I, think I, said, again. <laughs> I said i'm okay to go on a date with you because i'm thinking it's not going to go anywhere anyway what's the harm but i'm not going to commit to dating you and he's like come on let's do it or i can't remember what he said let's give it a try mm -hmm. so, yeah. and i said well, what if we go on dates with each other, but I still date people here and you still date people there. And he was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, because again, that comes back to my culture. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And you're like, no, yeah. in our culture, we like it and if we you, date it. You're <laughs> dating, yeah. me, you are dating <laughs> me and I'm not yeah. dating anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that I like that you threw out there as your First of all, you know you're interested and you really want to give it a try. That's right. I think that that's the first step is mm -hmm. just going to the fact that we both don't know how this is going to work out, but I know enough that I want to try. And your response, Shayla, of I know enough that I want to try, but I'm also nervous because if I try and this works out, how in the world mm -hmm. literally is oh, this yeah. going to work out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get a little bit ahead of ourselves and stop because we think, I don't know how it's going to end. And so I don't want it to start. Right. So what helped you get through that? I, I actually, there are a couple of things. So our, our courtship was not very long. It was pretty quick courtship. And I remember thinking, I, I really need to make sure that this is something I want to be doing because this guy is persistent and he's moving fast and I'm not feeling bad about it. And that freaks me out. Right. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time on my knees. Mm -hmm. I prayed a lot and I read a lot of scriptures and I felt the spirit so strongly tell me that this is okay. And it didn't say you're going to get married. It didn't say he's going to move here or you're going to move there. It just said, this is okay. Like what you're doing is okay. Get and so, him. yeah. Yeah. So I just mm -hmm. kept talking to him and I felt like I did some crazy checks. I called some friends. I called you, Lonnie, and <laughs> talked to you and said, here are some things. And we talked through. I still remember your face. Can yeah, I just say? Yes. I, was like, I love this guy. And, and I was you're like, like, really? really? And I was like, yeah, like I'm all in. So I felt like I had to do those crazy checks because I was like, nobody, who does this? Who goes to Africa and meets a guy mm -hmm. and comes home and talks for a couple of weeks and decides you're going to get married? You don't do that, right? But I just had such a strong feeling that it was okay. And I just would take the next logical steps, right? So we're talking to each other. I feel good about it. Soon I'm like, I I think I love this guy. In fact, we had a, a cultural conversation about what love means because he said, I love you on maybe our first date. And I said, tell me what I love you means in Rwanda because I'm going to so tell you it? what, what it means it mean? in the U.S. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> My husband said it at two and a half weeks. Uh -huh. So you're well within normal for, yeah. I think, good, strong, capable men. Yeah. Just oh. so you know. <laughs> but it scared me too. I was like, no, you don't. You're so neat. <laughs> well, the, cult the culture which I was brought, um, brought in, we really don't have the love thing. You know, the child and the mother love. 
So like, I would, you know, if within the family, you can't see a parent saying to their children, and I love you, and remind them constantly that they really love them. The children knows within themselves, like, in fact, they know for sure that they, the mother loves, but the mother doesn't really say that <laughs> the way we do it here, right? So I grew up in that context, especially in an orphanage whereby where love was, it doesn't even exist mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're you and yourself. Mm-hmm. So uh, then, you know, when I've, you know, things have changed and I had, uh, I was in a, in, in a situation, I mean, I found myself in the, within uh, like a group of scent that we, that we're meeting for church activities. And within they were talking about the love of God, the love of Jesus. And I kind of started to learn about the word and how they, they kind of switch from and what they mean mm-hmm. within within that. And I, now when I had kind of to learn and educate myself what love was, and then I think when it comes to dating, when I told her that I actually love her, it had carried more weight because I've already educated myself what that mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. It's a lifetime commitment and you don't you don't play with the word. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't really play with it for the sake of just saying it. Mm-hmm. You have to mean it. Mm-hmm. So I knew exactly what it is and the power it has. Mm-hmm. And that just that that much work would be required of me to actually make that uh to make that fulfilled. So you knew it was yeah. a feeling but also a behavior that you would be willing to live up to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, more of a it was more of like, you can say thing, you can say, I love you, but that is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Really, if you don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. it's, you have to have work, mm-hmm. have to, you have to put effort into that mm-hmm. to bring that love into life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I understand a lot of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I even said, mm-hmm. here's what this means in my culture. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I still think I love you in your culture. And I was like, (laughs) that's terrifying. (laughs) But it wasn't long before I could say the same. And I think it was because I was just taking the next natural steps. Like what felt natural? What did I feel good about? Um, Yeah. I love this so much. (laughs) So he says, I love you. Things are progressing. What's next? So I, um, I called my aunt and uncle. Oh yeah, that was one of the crazy checks I did. Called my aunt and uncle and I called my cousin because I knew she didn't like living in Africa and Mm -hmm. she could talk me out of it. And all of them were just ecstatic. My cousin said to me, I really was hoping you'd find a man here because I've never met such amazing men in my entire life. And my aunt and uncle, my aunt just freaked out. She was so excited. And I, she texted me later and she said, I told your uncle that you called to talk about Paul. And before I said anything about you dating Paul, he said, wouldn't it be amazing if they could get together? She would be getting such a good man. And I just like all these things kept adding to this good feeling. And so I thought I'm a very logical, like next step person. So I thought, okay, maybe I should just see what it would be like to get Paul a visa to come to the United States because we can't just date long distance and then get married. It doesn't work that way. We've got Mm -hmm. to be able to see each other in person. And I don't want to go back to Africa. So I need to bring him here. Mm -hmm. So I called my cousin who's an attorney and he hooked me up with a Uh, attorney who does visas immigration and found out that really he can't come here unless we are engaged or married. I've, I've seen 90 day fiance. Yeah. I do know that. (laughs) That (laughs) So, and, and she said, because he's 
African, there's a 50% chance his visa will be straight up denied mm -hmm. if you're not engaged. And because he's young and single, it's like a 90% chance that it'll just be straight up denied. Who would deny it? The United States government, because a lot of young African men will come here and never go back. And they want them to stay in their countries because they're building up the economy there. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So they, they just deny them unless they have an actual fiance living here. Okay. So I thought, okay, no well. No pressure. I know. I said, yeah. well, we can start the visa process and that doesn't mean we have to get married. Mm -hmm. We can start the process because it's going to take a long time and it's not a commitment and I can go back there over Christmas. So it was a couple months later mm -hmm. and we can date in person for a couple of weeks again and, and see how it feels. And it's not, it's still not a commitment, but it's moving things around along in the right direction. Yeah. And the more we moved in that direction, it just felt better and better. That is correct. Yeah. I think initially <laughs> when we started dating and we became a little bit serious about it, my initial thought was I have, I had nothing. Now I've built something. I want to make that thing that I've built better. Her coming into my life meant that you know, it's, it's, it's going to be four hands on a deck and we can build something bigger in the country. Mm -hmm. So my initial thought wasn't to come here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wasn't to marry her. I mean, have her come to the Rwanda mm -hmm. and we can live there. Mm -hmm. Even doing the visa, yeah. he was like, well, I'll let her do that, but I'm actually going to talk her into moving to Rwanda. Mm -hmm. that, so that's what I actually <laughs> wanted because even the missionaries that I served with and those that I worked with in the, in the country, they really understood my passion for what I was doing in there. Sure. I had a life. Mm -hmm. So the idea of leaving everything behind and come to start from uh, zero wasn't really mm -hmm. something to grasp, at least mm -hmm. for me. So I was, at this point, you're... you're individually yeah. kind of having the assumption of how it could turn out but mm -hmm. both willing to discover correct yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah and you're thinking she's coming to rwanda you're thinking no he's coming to the states uh -huh. but you're also thinking let's just have a nice christmas right <laughs> <laughs> well until paul says when you come here for christmas let's get married <laughs> so i asked my attorney i said he wants to do a traditional wedding can I do that if we're doing a fiance visa? And she said, as long as it's not legally binding, you can do that. And so in Rwanda, the wedding is three parts. So they have the traditional wedding, then they have the legal ceremony and the church ceremony. Mm -hmm. Now, most people there cannot afford to do the legal, like get legally married. Mm -hmm. And so they just get traditionally married. Mm -hmm. That's like the main what the main people That's in the, the culture video. do mm -hmm. so paul said let's do a traditional wedding and i was like now this feels like a little bit bigger of a commitment because but then i kept telling myself it's still not legal if i go there and he ends up being a psychopath it's not legally binding <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so you get to rwanda for christmas yeah and go <laughs> so i get to rwanda for christmas so first of all you're gonna laugh at this i can't recognize faces i have a really hard time with faces and i was terrified that I was gonna get to the airport and I wasn't gonna know which one was him. Mm -hmm. And this is somebody, at this point we were engaged. We got engaged over Facebook. <gasps> oh, that's right, tell me yeah. that story. Can, I, love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that so story? much. It's so well, sweet. <laughs> actually, I actually had a conversation with my friend. I mean, I actually told my friend that I'm doing that and he was like, you're out of my your mind. Oh. You are out of, how, how are you gonna do that? How is it like, how will it feel like? Mm -hmm. But I think, I mean, Hi and I have, like, we had, we were strongly connected. It's mm -hmm. at a high emotional level. Mm -hmm. So speaking on, you know, on Facebook, I mean, seeing each other, it really felt as if she's right here in, with, you know, in mm -hmm. front of me. Like, really? 
Like you would it never think that felt. That it way. really felt like we were there in person. It was yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. So then I, I told my <laughs> friend that I'm going to get a ring, and uh, he was like, "Then what?" And then it just they did not get it. Mm-hmm. But I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I got a ring. I went to my house. We made some plan. I wasn't, it was more of a surprise, mm-hmm. you know. So then I, we were talking on cell phone and then I went on my knee and I said, will you marry me? <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> I love it. And she went, yes. yes. <laughs> because I think that moment, honestly, it's a part of the story that you create together. And it's a part of your way of making that humility happen in front of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting the ring is really symbolic of you being like, I'm serious. This yeah, isn't just a yeah. joke. You said yeah. yes. So I said yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fast forward back to now showing up in Rwanda, being scared that I'm not going to recognize him. But luckily, I, I was coming out of the airport and he must have seen me coming through the windows because he walked forward out of this circle of Rwandans. So he was the only one standing there. So I knew who he was. So mm-hmm. yes. Also in, no in Rwanda, uh, you flowers. don't kiss in public. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you do, you have to be married and still you probably don't do it. We had talked about like, well, are we going to kiss at the airport or are we not going to? <laughs> no, no PDA. No, no. But we did just a little tiny peck. Yeah. And he was like, someone's going to see us. Let's go. He said, I had to be wearing my ring. Mm-hmm. How so did, that- did you like ship it to her? No, I bought one here. Oh, you got one. And then okay. he gave me this one when we when I went when there. When you got there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're mm-hmm. like, I will do this one for now just so it's symbolic yeah. while I'm here. And then yep. when I get there, you can give me that one. That's yep. right. By yeah. the way, gorgeous. So you do a little peck and then it's not awkward or it is awkward or what's it like being no, together now? It wasn't awkward. Well, it was awkward for me. <laughs> yeah, it was because it's, it's culturally not acceptable. Like it's not within the culture. Nobody really does that. I don't want to take a chance, but then, and I couldn't really, she was so, like, she was so beautiful, and there's no way I could have missed that opportunity. <laughs> 32 hours on a plane, no who wouldn't way. be beautiful? There's no way I could have missed the opportunity. So I took the plane. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Hey, all of you, she's with me. <laughs> yeah. So. So then within a couple of days, we had the traditional wedding set up. Mm-hmm. And the, a traditional Rwandan wedding is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. No, those are the pictures I've seen where you're in like white. Yeah, it's, right? it's pink. It's a pink. Mushanana is what it's called. Their traditional dress. Right. It's yeah. like, a, like, a, like a peachy pink. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. And then oh, the, I word. had a gold yes. Rwandan crown on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they have, the way it kind of works is there's three tents set up in a U shape. So mm-hmm. the groom's tent would be on the, if you're facing it, the groom's tent is on the right mm-hmm. and the bride's tent is on the left. And then there's a tent in the center of the U that's like the bride and groom's tent. Mm-hmm. Well, after the wedding starts, the bride the whole time is put somewhere where nobody can see her. And she's with all of her bridesmaids and they sit there because the bride's like the big part of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody can see her until the negotiation happens. So the groom's out here with his uncle, and then the bride's uncle is out there and they will negotiate the bride price. 
But you go look for wise men. We call them wise men. They call them wise men. These wise men, they know like they know the language. So it's some kind of a training that they have to be able to do this type of negotiation. Absolutely. Okay. So it's uh, it's funny and they're speaking in a very hidden language mm-hmm. that the young people really can understand. Okay. But it's funny and then it's more than negotiating. How many cows is she worth? So yeah, those wise men, they exchange word and then they have to make it, but they have to come to a conclusion. They have to decide if this side mm-hmm. will allow their daughter to be married to the other side mm-hmm. based on what they've agreed on. Mm-hmm. So if they don't reach an agreement, that wedding is over. So you won't get married. I mean, let's say this side say she's worth 10 cows. Mm-hmm. In my family will be like, well, we can't really afford those cows. We can only pay five. They can call that wedding off. So and that's why you see a lot of young people, they just get married mm-hmm. because like eventually these parents won't get it together. They won't accept me. They mm-hmm. won't come out to an agreement. Yeah. So we eventually agreed on something. Yeah. For yeah. those of you who are wondering, because you've all seen Johnny Lingo, I'm a 25 cow wife. That is correct. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> so once they agree on that bride price, then the bride is allowed to come out. So they have mm-hmm. all these beautiful Rwandan dancers. They're all dressed in the traditional clothing. They have drummers. They have music. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. And the dancers come out kind of in a procession line. And at the end of the procession line is the bride with her two brothers. In my Mm -hmm. case, it was two elders, missionaries Mm -hmm. that were serving there. We come out behind them and the dancers split like a parting of the Red Sea and the bride walks through with her two brothers. Mm -hmm. And then I was handed off to uh, one of the wise men. It must have been my family. Okay. To your family. (laughs) And then we did uh, the ring exchange there. And then Mm -hmm. we went up into the bride and groom's tent. Mm-hmm. And then the dancers dance for us for 30 minutes or an hour. It was beautiful. And they have oh, this man who comes out and he does the cow song. Mm-hmm. Because in Rwanda, a cow is very symbolic. Cows give life. Cows give food. Cows give milk. Mm-hmm. Cows are everything there. And the bride is, or a cow is a symbol of the bride. Because she brings life. Right. Oh, because yeah. everything around life centers around the woman. So they do this whole cow song and dance. Mm-hmm. And then we had food and games and laughter, and it just was a beautiful. But at this point, you're not even holding way. hands. Not in public. The tent. <laughs> Can you sit by each other? We are sitting. Yes, we were sitting by each other. But in fact, he like told me, a don't, warm "Don't hold my hand. We can't oh, okay. hold hands because mm-hmm. we're." Mm-hmm. So I'd love to know a little bit about what what's important to you that you found in each other. Uh, when I was dead in her, when we there's there's a thing that I was looking for. And at least I couldn't find within the country because I had decided that I will delay it for the next for two years as I focus on my job and what I was doing. So dating wasn't something that I was actually thinking about it until mm-hmm. she showed up. The most important thing that I was looking for, I think three things. Are we able to communicate at intellectual level? Mm-hmm. That was very important to me. And secondly was spiritual. Mm-hmm. Do we have the same set of beliefs? Do we have the same standard? And lastly, but not least, it was the emotional part. How do I feel when I talk to her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was key. Because mm-hmm. if she can she can barely look in my eyes, I don't know whether she can even <laughs> want talk to talk, talk to me or mm-hmm. how long she can resist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look at all those area. And again, we can go more deeper into mm-hmm. that. But she really met all of those. Mm-hmm. And I knew that would be my starting point to go move forward. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's well said. And Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) So how about you, Sheila? So for me, I 
as I had said before, the men that I had dated or even been friends with, they all had a lot of qualities that I was looking for, right? I was looking for somebody who was funny. I was looking for somebody who had their life put together for somebody who could connect on the same levels that Paul just mentioned. But the one thing Paul had that most of the men in, in my dating circle did not have is he had this sense of ambition and initiative that I didn't see, not just in dating, which was of course very important, but in his life in general, he mm -hmm. would have things that he was working towards and I could see his big goals he was fulfilling through little steps and he was taking steps to move forward where so many men that I knew just felt stalled or like paused for whatever reason that they couldn't get out of this pause. And Paul was like, nope, I'm going forward. I'm making this happen. That is very refreshing when you find someone that wants to move forward in life and doesn't necessarily look at an obstacle mm -hmm. as a stopping point, but looks at it as, okay, so now how can I get through this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was like, give me that mountain. I'll climb it. <laughs> that is right. So that is true. Talk me through then, how did you guys make the decision to move to the United States? So I think after we've, uh, we've, we, you know, we got engaged and we did the marriage, mm -hmm. then I had to, she stayed with me in Rwanda for, was it? A couple week, weeks. Couple of weeks, mm -hmm. yeah. Then I actually realized that the climate wasn't friendly mm -hmm. for her. Mm -hmm. It was really hot. Mm -hmm. And I could see her really struggling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he watched me get totally eaten by mosquitoes. Yeah. Would, if, if there was a part of the United States that would somewhat be equivalent, what part would you say it's similar to? San Diego. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, but with more well, bugs. There's no mosquitoes in San Diego. Yeah. There's not really a lot mm. of mosquitoes here to compare it to, but the weather is very temperate like San Diego. Mm -hmm. It's about high 60s, low 70s year round. Mm -hmm. It's very lush and green in mm -hmm. Rwanda. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. So it's a lot it's, like San Diego or Hawaii even. Beautiful, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at that point, when I actually realized that there's no, no way she can live here, mm -hmm. then I had to get in my right mind and re figure out mm -hmm. what is what, what's going to be my next move. Mm -hmm. Again, in, in Africa, in Rwanda especially, it is believed that men who choose to come to the U.S., actually they had do everything they can to make a life in the country and just couldn't do anything. They couldn't oh, okay. reach that point. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they will find an escape to come to this country to start a life. I had a life. I had no reason to mm -hmm. <laughs> to come to anywhere. So, and it will be something that my families, me and my own family, will be highly reject. I mean, they will reject the idea that I am actually going because then I was the center of almost everybody. I was a breadwinner for my family and i was the guy who had a car in the church which car was for tourists but also it could be used as an ambulance <laughs> for members who fall sick mm -hmm. i could go pick them up mm -hmm. so you're so very needed in your community i was absolutely needed in my community so the fact me moving out was would be something very calculated but also making sure that i'm not leaving a big hole mm -hmm. there's somebody who can pick up when mm -hmm. I left, or I can find a way to empower them. So nobody's being stranded in a way. And I walked it out with the, with the branch presidents, with members, and I we put a little bit of resources within just to make sure that if I make this move, everything's still functioning. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna take care of your responsibilities that you have there, kind mm -hmm. of deputize in a way people to pick mm -hmm. the pieces that you were taking care of. Mm, yes. And then say, okay, we're going to America. That is right. Yeah. And then I gave away all my stuff until I let my family know that I'll be leaving. Mm -hmm. 
which was shocking for them. But then I had to make them understand that I'm going to go to America and I will be dead broke over there. Mm-hmm. And there'll be no money. I won't be able to send them any money. Mm-hmm. So I gave them the little that I had. I gave them all the money that I had mm-hmm. and asked them to start a business, mm-hmm. find a way to make the what I've given you grow because mm-hmm. I won't be able to give you money for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And they, understand, they actually know me. That's how I am. And you start, I support, and we move on. You mm-hmm. don't just come to and say I need money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just, they, that's how my family knows me. And I, mm-hmm. and I love that kind of relationship with them. Had yeah. you been to the United States before? No, I have never been to the United States before. Oh my goodness. But I've, I've been in another. That's like a whole <laughs> That's episode. a whole thing, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a whole thing. The first like, time Paul saw New York. Hear that yeah. story sometime. <laughs> <laughs> so how was it coming into America and then kind of figuring out how you as a couple would come together and figure out what? What is you? What is us? <laughs> you know, I had about a month to prepare. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I give up everything mm-hmm. and leave my house to go hide in a hotel, mm-hmm. to go stay in a hotel where nobody will see me mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, the more you adhere to, the more you pay attention to social pressure, you tend to start like rejecting your own belief. Oh my gosh. It's so, so mm-hmm. true, Paul. <laughs> so yeah. true. The more you hear it, the more it becomes true. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. You create, I call them virtual walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I call them. Mm-hmm. Where you create a distance between you and yourself and, and, and them. Mm-hmm. And then you then kind of start creating your own narratives on where you want to go. Cause at the end of the day, it is you and your life that mm-hmm. you're making and mm-hmm. you need to figure out how to shape it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I pick up a flight. So I came to, was in California? New York. In New York. Yeah. JFK. Did you pick him up in New York? No, <clears throat> I should have because this lovely man accidentally lost his phone somewhere did, over yeah. Qatar. Mm-hmm. So I had no contact with him <laughs> oh, and no. I knew he had a 10 hour layover and I was like, he's going to, he's going to go out mm-hmm. and he's going to get lost and I'm never going to see him again. <laughs> I had a suitcase with a broken handle. So it was really hard. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and waste my life here. So I need Mm -hmm. to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing this train from like flying on top. I felt like like it's in a movie, you know, Mm -hmm. watching all this thing happening. So so I'm good at asking questions. Really Mm -hmm. good at that. I really don't, I'm not afraid to Mm -hmm. ask you to help me. Mm -hmm. Then I get in this train. All almost 80% not trained, they had tattoos. And there were this guy that what had tattoos. Oh, tattoos. tattoos. Sorry, yeah. I was like, I don't know what he said. They had tattoos. <laughs> they had tattoos on, on, on their. Is that not, that's not common? Nobody has okay. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was these dancers, hmm? the people that was like, they had, they had a huge speaker and they were dancing in the train. And I was like, wow, what is this? <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> Oh my word! I can't even oh, imagine your culture goodness. shock. I, I was it was it was terrifying. <laughs> what was your first American mm-hmm. food you had? I had uh, some rabbit sort of a food, okay. which I didn't like at all. Okay. So then you're on the plane straight from New York to Salt Lake. <clears throat> to Salt Lake, yes. Okay, and then you're just going to meet him at the time that you're thinking he's going to show up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he comes off the plane, and you're like, "Hallelujah!" Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Pretty much. And this was one week before our wedding. So he got there on July 10th and we got married on July 17th. What did you think of Utah? 
I think it was really hot mm -hmm. the time. Well, I July, here. yeah. It was really. Mm -hmm. I've never been in a place that is like fire. Mm -hmm. You can feel it burning in your anything. Yeah. One of the it was like the next morning. So he stayed at my apartment, and I went and stayed with a friend. And I came back the next morning, and he was standing out on the balcony. Mm. And I said, "How's it going?" And he said, "Where are all the people?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He's like, "There's no, there's no people in this country." And I said, "Well, they're in their houses." But that's not that's not what they do in Rwanda. They're all outside. Oh, yeah, so didn't think mm -hmm. anybody lived here. Absolutely. I'm like, where is everybody? What do you think of the? Um, when I see the mountains, I felt very claustrophobic, strange. Or some people said I loved them. I felt really connected. Yeah. You know, Rwanda is a, It's also called as a, it's also known as a country of thousand hills. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I like I climbed hills my entire life. So. Just the fact that I saw hills around me, I'm like, I really felt like I felt more comfortable. Of, absolutely, yeah. Oh, good. I could relate to that. I'm like, well, if I'm sad, I can always go up there and just be myself. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, beautiful and and you jumped right into wedding planning. Uh, you know, I yes, maybe yes. she's planned it, but right she into had, what you need to do. Yeah, she has done some of a lot of work. Mm -hmm. She kind of prepped everything, and then my part was just to just to show up, I think, <laughs> just to show up to the wedding. And, uh, and you had incorporated a, a lot of yeah. both of your cultures into the wedding. Mm -hmm. Was that something you guys had discussed? Yeah, it was something I just wanted to do. I, I thought I've always loved the African culture, even since way before I met Paul, I went to Africa years ago. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I love bright colors. I've always wanted a bright colored wedding anyway. This plays mm -hmm. perfectly. All my friends have brought back souvenirs that we can use for our decorations. So I'm also part Japanese, so we had some little Japanese cranes and we had some Chinese lanterns. And, so this, and this is also probably, I should say, the first time your family is meeting him in real life. They'd met on virtually before, mm -hmm. but in real life, this is the first time they're seeing the guy that they're... Besides my sister who had met him. Right. Who was we on the trip. first time. Yeah. And your girlfriends that had come. Yep. But I've also, I also called your dad. I also had, um, I called your dad and we I asked him for the blessing. <sighs> Good I did job. That. Yeah. <laughs> this seems so second like nature gentleman. to you, yeah. you know, but I think <laughs> that we, we really go away from some of those traditions because like, people think, well, why, why, why? Mm -hmm. And they get so caught up in the why should we do this or why shouldn't we that we just don't realize that it's part of being gracious. It's part of connection. It's mm -hmm. part of being a gentleman. That's right. Yeah. You know? But also, you know, you, you also need to come. It's always good to get into something with a... Uh, with an open mind. I think the theory is called beginner's learning. Mm -hmm. You know, you first of all, you have to acknowledge that you don't know much and you are there to learn. Once you open that space, it allows you to basically consume what is it that you need to, that is important, mm -hmm. and less of criti criticizing the, the culture. Mm -hmm. Because usually I'll tell my clients who are coming to Africa, if you don't love the culture, you don't love the people, you don't like the food, then don't travel, stay home. Because mm -hmm. there's no reason you should actually do that because you'll hate yourself. Mm -hmm. Just stay home. So when you move into a certain, another culture like myself, you, you, you have to adjust your way of life to be able to meet somewhere. Mm -hmm. you know, you're know, not giving, not throwing away your values, but find a way to, uh, to compromise mm -hmm. and be, have the the, that that's humility to learn mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's a key integral part of that journey mm -hmm. you know as a couple mm -hmm. 
I think that you hit on a, a really important point for the journey of coming to America, mm-hmm. but also the journey of being married mm-hmm. and that open space of learning and, you know, knowing that I don't know everything yes. and that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm okay with learning that mm-hmm. there's a pride thing that I see many of us do, where we say, well, I don't know everything, but I know this and this and this, our ego gets hurt when we, when we come to a space of going, I am so tired of someone knowing how much I don't know. Mm-hmm. And that can often be what it, what coming into a relationship looks like where someone's going to be pointing out blind spots Mm -hmm. or you're going to notice there's that friction or dissonance Mm -hmm. between how you do things and whose way is right or better Mm -hmm. and leaving that ego at the door and just Mm -hmm. saying, well, what do we both like and how can we compromise Mm -hmm. is I think easier space to get in. So tell us a little bit about your wedding. So our wedding was, it was really fun. We started off, we had a, a brunch at the Joseph Smith Memorial building and we wore our traditional Mushananas because I really wanted people to see that beautiful part of the culture that I fell in love with when we did the traditional wedding in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So we wore our Mushananas and all my sisters had Mushananas and everyone who had a Mushanana wore their Mushananas. And we had kind of an open forum. Like I remember we had a kissing menu. So we you know how they clink the glasses and the mm-hmm. bride and groom will kiss for us. It was like, we'll kiss if you do these things. So you can sing a song for us, or you can tell a story about us, or you can, that's hilarious. Whatever it was. I, I can't remember it. what was on it, <laughs> but that was, that was what we did at our brunch. And then we had our temple ceiling later that day. And then we had our reception that night in our friend's backyard. So you, sh- you sh- got married in the temple, came out, mm-hmm. did the photos. Uh huh all the things. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the reception? Yes, uh, I was extremely exhausted. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, the weird American way of like, it was- Let's pretty, make it a really long it day. It was really weird for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, why is it that nobody, everyone seems excited and jumping, but I am here like exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, but in a, in, a, in a positive way though, because hmm? mm-hmm. everyone was up in the sky the way. But having all the fun time and then we went to this reception i was hoping because i had been on my feet the whole day mm-hmm. my mind and my body was ready to sit down mm-hmm. and have a chat to do something mm-hmm. with which at the reception and then that was another culture shock like let's meet everybody through a line we are standing <laughs> yeah we are standing right there and there's a line of people like all the way over there and they're coming and say hi and greet you and go greet you and go i'm like could someone give me a chair (laughs) (laughs) i was thirsty i was i was i'm like it was so 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 my husband thought the same thing and someone did bring him a chair i was torn between having a line or not having a line because I didn't want to have not be able to greet somebody who graciously came to say hi to us. So I thought we'll do a line for half the time. I had printed like an agenda so people mm-hmm. know if you want the line, there's here's this the time you come. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I I really wanted to figure out how to have a reception where people wouldn't come and say hi and leave like mm-hmm. I did at so many receptions. I wanted people to come and stay. Mm-hmm. So that was my goal. So I tried to make it a big party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I had surprised Paul. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, and that was like the highlights of the wedding. Mm-hmm. So we did the greeting. We had some, somebody brought us some chairs and we sat mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And all of a sudden I heard, 
bum 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 and that sound of drum was familiar to me mm. it sounded absolutely familiar to me and i couldn't even dance on that one in mm-hmm. my traditional without traditional dance i'm like wow what is this mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i saw this in torre in torre they are dance warriors mm-hmm. we have in the country and we have these young ladies that they were doing their mishinanas and they were coming and they were dancing and that was like oh, so i was like how did you do this to you? <laughs> oh, that's so sweet like, so you brought like a big part of that wedding mm-hmm. that you enjoyed that you're watching for a half hour to an hour after you're married to yep. your reception yeah, as a surprise that was a highlight and we got to sit and watch them and then when we got back in line they kept dancing so people were in line could be watching the dancers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had, they did this, a traditional ceremony where we drink milk or something out of these it's pitchers. Milk, yes. Milk come from the cows. And milk is a symbol of prosperity, mm-hmm. that you prosper, you do all these things. It's a, a very important piece in the wedding. So, and yeah. was like, wow, this is shocking. <laughs> For you guys, that's yeah. so sweet. Fun. We had all the African decorations, all the souvenirs that people had brought. We at one time while we were dating, we were always FaceTiming, right? And I had gone to the zoo and got my face painted like a giraffe. Mm-hmm. So he started calling me his giraffe, and I started calling him my lion. So instead of a little bride and groom on top of our cake, we had a little giraffe and lion figurines that were wearing a veil and a like bow tie. So just kind of fun little things like that. <laughs> so cute. She's so thoughtful. That's beautiful. You did such a good job. It was fun. Oh, she did an amazing job too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she did. She did. Okay, so you're now this old married couple, right? How mm-hmm. many years has it been? It's been almost three. Three? Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> I cannot believe that I haven't seen you in person. <laughs> I Stupid know. pandemic. So I want to hear about what you would say to people dating. Like, what do you think the hiccups are? What do you think the problems? What do, what do people need to know? That are dating to get to this we've been married three years beautiful space so when i speak to them i usually uh i first put a caveat just to let them know that i'm speaking from african point of view i'm not speaking as, a, as an american which i actually really want i will be very straight and i want you to look at it as as a way to that may require you to adjust your life a little bit and push yourself beyond your comfort zone because it's really hard, especially with men, when you, you've lived your life, you've created a space of comfort and you've strengthened your boundaries whereby anybody to cross into that becomes a real, you becomes un- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you settle down and you hope for your life and you pray for the bride to show up because your, expectation, your expectations and your ambitions are, in, are related to their reflection of you so you're more self-centered person you're looking at you of your values and you are you don't want to compromise with you you know to make it wider mm-hmm. and allow somebody in i'll start with getting to know them first so i'll tell them uh you have tried all these things that didn't work out what is it that you haven't tried have you noticed that there's a theme of things that they haven't tried or haven't done yes what there's a lot that they haven't done so it's more of themselves that they haven't done. So they haven't worked on they're, themselves? Absolutely. They're willing oh. to change. They are willing to change others, mm-hmm. but they don't have the humility to change themselves. Mm. Mm? 
And that's where it starts. Meaning like I need to become a better communicator, but eh. Yeah. Okay. If they, they have this sense of if they want me, they'll come for me. Mm. Because I'm a gentleman, I'm handsome, you know, I'm mm -hmm. this, I'm, I'm settled. So they have those, the ego that is feeding them mm -hmm. and is holding them in their position that they actually set. What is it that you need to change for you? Because mm -hmm. like whoever you're looking for, you'll meet, you will meet along the way. Mm -hmm. They will never come for you. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> you have to have a way you meet. I mean, that path have to be defined. Mm -hmm. So what do you want mm -hmm. in a woman or ask? What do you want? Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? What is your expectations? Mm -hmm. What kind of, what, what is the, that you value the most? Mm -hmm. And what are you willing to give up? Mm -hmm. And they will come up with a list of things they want to. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask do you, you, are you, you attending a single minute, single word, right? Mm -hmm. It'll be yes. How many women are in there? There's all these men, women. Who do you have a crush on? Or who do you feel like mm -hmm. you want to talk to? And there'll be, Maybe A, B, C, D mm -hmm. that I want to talk to. Now kind of suggests a course of action. What mm -hmm. do you need to do? Because mm -hmm. miracle doesn't happen, doesn't fall in your roof and come to you. Mm -hmm. You have to stay on your feet and go meet them somewhere. Create an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. So but that opportunity, again, have to be defined. Meaning, do you think that they have to come up with their own opportunity themselves? Like they need to say... I'm going to create an opportunity by walking closer to her and asking her about her day, or I'm going to create an opportunity by commenting on something. Yeah. All of that can be, can be, uh, it can be incorporated into, mm -hmm. into that. So that is still important. But usually what I do, do tell them is come up with the names of five. So what do you think is wrong with guys here in Utah specifically? What's their problem? <laughs> Or problems. The <laughs> problems. Okay. I think one of them is they're too shy. That's one of them. They're just too shy. Mm -hmm. Two, they are insecure of themselves. Three, they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Maybe four, mm -hmm. they, they have trouble to have a conversation. Like communication is a problem. Mm -hmm. Big problem. And uh, last but not least will be they're too busy. Mm, okay. Yeah, they are extremely busy with mm -hmm. their lives, and therefore they don't have an they don't create the opportunity to go out and look for somebody. What do you think they're doing that? Why they're not seizing the day? Well, most of them they have uh, they have an imagery mm -hmm. kind of a woman they could have married. They never did. Like the one so that they, got away? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they live that life of agony. Mm -hmm. I wish I had. I wish she broke up when we get together. I wish there's that sense of mm -hmm. I could have, or maybe the person they are looking for, she doesn't want them, mm -hmm. and they feel rejected, mm -hmm. and therefore they, wanna try, they don't want to try again. So the opportunity did come, like just as you said, mm -hmm. but I did the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to prove myself that I am, she's worth everything mm -hmm. and if you can you can set that apart and if you sh can show a woman that you're willing to do the work mm -hmm. they will show you they're willing to do the, they're willing to love you too mm -hmm. you just you don't just expect to say i love you and walk away and and then mm -hmm. then like everything is will be magically walk out no mm -hmm. that's not how the relationship works at least mm -hmm. for me what was different about dating paul than different than dating other people. other people yeah i would say just what he said he was willing to do the work
Like he wasn't all talk. He was action. And I could see that action every step. And even if I was reluctant, he was patient and kind and loving and also persistent. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't ever give up. He kept persisting and convincing. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot different than what I saw other, other places. I think I also would say that because he stood steady and he was like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through the process until we both decide this isn't what we want. Mm-hmm. Then we'll let each other go or we'll move forward. He comes into the relationship and says, I feel very comfortable revealing myself mm-hmm. as interested in you. Mm-hmm. It allows the woman to then say, oh, man, I wonder what it would feel like to be loved by him. I think I'll let him, I think I'll let him try. And when he gives her space to decide, Hey, you know, it feels really good to be liked by him. It feels really good to be pursued by him. That's what gives her the opportunity to then choose to fall in love and let that happen. Right. And And the consistency, not mm -hmm. like I'm going to give her all this love and then I'm going to disappear and then I'm going to show love again. I'm going to disappear again. He was Mm -hmm. always consistently there. Yeah. 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 He's going to reveal himself. Mm -hmm. I I think there's a, the first part you said is of being shy guys. They want to know if she likes them first and then they'll go green light. Mm-hmm. you know and so she's having to reveal herself a little bit more than she wants when the guy decides that he's interested enough curious enough to keep getting to know her mm-hmm. then it allows her to kind of make up her mind to respond mm-hmm. to that and then things can kind of start the consistency comes in with just saying like don't be worried about the end mm-hmm. let the the whole courtship process the dating process reveal how you both want it to end yeah. yeah right yeah. yeah i also i also believe in um the man has a responsibility to do the assignment at least that i i call them assignment the assignment is go to your bed go go to your bed kneel there mm-hmm. and pray about it and then how do you feel about like where does the spirit lead you to them mm-hmm. so once you can feel that warm feeling of the person you really want to date mm-hmm. then do the do the assignment who are they what do they like where do they go there's everything is on the internet today. you're maybe yeah. doing a little bit of research for lack of a Absolutely, better word yes, to yes, say yes. Uh-huh. it seems like we could be compatible mm-hmm. so i'm going to move forward and create an opportunity to get to know her a little bit more and find out if my my thoughts that we are compatible are true correct mm-hmm. yeah okay mm-hmm. are people doing that they are doing it. <laughs> they are doing it, but unfortunately, a lot of them are falling back into their old habits, which is a which is a problem. If you are, if you live with your roommates, you like five men in a in one apartment. <laughs> what are you doing? I know. Right? Get <laughs> out of it. You think COVID start life? Mm-hmm. Get out and start your own life. That way, when you live in your in your own apartment. It'll be empty. You'll start the desire will come in mm-hmm. and draft for that force will make you make some some make some necessary adjustment to allow somebody else in, in your lives. How do you as a person like navigate obstacles? Well you, you have to you definitely need to always make sure you 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 are you put yourself in the right mind. Look at obstacles not as a negative thing. Look at it as an opportunity of growth. Look at it as something that you are, that it is there to teach you something. And that's what allows you to, to get out, make sure that you can maneuver around it and actually it will go away. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't come to stay. It's always there temporarily as a teaching moment for you. 
who is the teacher that teaches you teaches you how to get around the obstacle? Uh, like like yourself, you are mm-hmm. in a a dating counselor. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely I make contact if I can really figure that out myself. I can call you and you can give me some ideas. Is there a degree of humility that you have inside of you that says I'm willing to ask for help to get through my challenge? That's the key. I that think you just said it exactly. I think that's, <laughs> that's the, the, key. the piece of the puzzle that's that the maybe key, yes. you have brought up right here is that there might be a degree of humility that people are missing and mm-hmm. why they keep looking at the obstacle as the obstacle and being like, I guess I'll just keep staring at it versus how do I get more light and truth and knowledge mm-hmm. to work around it to right. make it temporary. Mm-hmm. And the thing is the obstacle is going to be there until you go through it. So would you rather stare at the obstacle for five years and go through the pain five years later, or just go through the pain now and get past the obstacle? Mm-hmm. It just to me, I'd rather just get it over with and move on and be happy. Dating isn't as intuitive as we think it should be. Many, many cultures arrange marriages mm-hmm. and arrange the, the dowry and arrange how the living situations are going to be. And they answer those questions for you. And the couple Mm -hmm. then complies. Mm -hmm. And here in the United States, because we're given choice, sometimes there's too many choices. Mm -hmm. And the communication piece of negotiating how life is going to be together, we get stuck and don't work through that and don't take responsibility for our maybe our rigidity or I mean, a myriad of other issues that could come. And so looking at what's your role, relationships are going to bring growth. Hmm. What do you need to do to get yourself ready for one? (laughs) Shayla, what is your advice that you would give to the singles? So I think something that I, I didn't realize was we talked about the list earlier, right? Everybody has their list. And at some point somebody said something to me, like maybe you should make your list the things of things you have to have. And then you can also have like a nice to have list. Right. And I think, more than I would like to admit, I made my nice to have list, my have to have list. And I've seen this happen with so many people that even though I say it's nice to have, I really think that I really have to have it. But now looking backwards, so many things, Paul meets everything on my have to have list. Mm -hmm. On my nice to have list, I don't remember what it was now, but he probably doesn't meet very many of them. It was like, I've been to school, so he should have finished school, right? Mm -hmm. Paul comes from a third world country, he hadn't finished school. Mm-hmm. It was also, I've been working for this long. I've made quite a bit of money. He should probably be in a pretty good position too. Again, mm-hmm. Paul comes from a third world country. I thought it would be great to have a handyman. And all mm-hmm. of these things that I thought would be great to have really kind of went onto my have to have list. Mm-hmm. But once I, once I got to where I was and dating him, those things fell back to my nice to have. And actually I probably don't really care about them list. And now looking back, having been married for a few years, I see some of my single friends having these things. They're like, I just, I just know myself and I really have to have this thing. It's not as big of a deal as you think. But I think one thing that it's important to know is that most of the time, the reason the nice to have exists Mm -hmm. is because of the character building it took to get to that. And he had all of that. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like the character building of, of, you know, being economically sound and the character building of education and the character building of overcoming challenges, mm. he meets right every single one of those, if not exceeds and can match. Right. And I have I mean? no doubt about our future and those, mm-hmm. those things working into our future together. And I've already seen them. In so the otherwise it's married. like we're looking at a piece of paper or a dollar amount rather than what I actually want is the characteristics of that person. Yep. And I think we do get hung up on the piece of paper or a dollar amount versus like, what is this? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And when you look at that piece of paper, those piece of paper items are not a big deal. You're right. Mm -hmm. It's the qualities behind them that matter. Because you're looking for someone who is a match, but also that you both can grow with, Mm -hmm. right? We accept Mm -hmm. each other for exactly who we are and how we are, but we're also you know, the wind beneath each other's wings. Have you heard that song, Paul? It's very cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) And basically it's kind of this concept that our partner is the one that's going to help us to feel confident that as we choose into our best self, that they feel that way Mm -hmm. about us. That makes sense. And all of those qualities were things that ended up being on my have to have list anyway. Mm -hmm. So just get rid of your want to have list. And my, my have to have list was very short. It was like three things, like Mm -hmm. somebody who loves me, somebody who loves God, Mm -hmm. somebody who loves himself. Like Mm -hmm. that's simple, right? You'd think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that that those three qualities and especially the one of loving yourself, I, I think we have a hard time with that as singles. Or I see that because when someone does meet their match and they find someone and they go, I don't know why they love me. I don't know. And they get into the space of just feeling unlovable. It's very silly, but I always just say, well, just let them. Let's not worry about why they do or why they should. <laughs> just let them. <laughs> you know, it feels good to be loved. Yep. It sure does. Well, thanks so much for coming. Anything else you want to say before we wrap? Well, I, I think the one thing that I can say is, you know, the I wish marriage would be a smooth, straight line. Yeah. That we all know the formula and things will work out, but that's not that's doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Well, dating is a, is, is is a certain level, but marriage is on the other thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, if I can focus on dating itself, I've you know my advice would be don't just let go, don't just give up easily. Mm-hmm. You know, relax a little bit, breathe in and breathe out, relax, think about it. Is it something you can adjust on? Are you willing to make the changes, you know, from God's point of view? Are you willing to do that? Because in order for anything in this relationship to work out, somebody have to have the ability to be vulnerable in a, in a situation. Mm-hmm. You have to have that and you have to adjust and be in a, in that com- that, that's a comfortable scenario in order to actually show your partner that you're actually willing to make things work out. So we, we do definitely have to have that mm-hmm. in, in our mind in, when we started. And when we start our relationship, when we get married, then that might, at least with my wife, is I always tell her, you know, if and even us, we do have some arguments sometimes. We do. But I always reminded her that nobody forced her. <laughs> she made a hard decision. That's what we always say. Nobody <laughs> forced me. Nobody, oh, nobody forced, nobody forced, forced you. I chose you. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, nobody forced you. Nobody forced you to make your own decision. So you knew exactly what you're getting yourself into. I did. I also mm-hmm. knew what I'm getting myself into. So we. And you think sounds like you take responsibility for it. Yeah. But then it also becomes a space of like, yeah, mm-hmm. so this is kind of what that looks like. And we're going to take that as an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it makes us laugh. Oh, yeah. Nobody forced me. And it brings some humor into it, which I think is very Oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll point my ring and I'll be like, hey, you married it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had this in me, but yep. here we are. <laughs> Just kidding. Nobody forced yeah. you. Nobody forced you. Yeah. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah. I loved it so much. And I just... I am so excited to finally like put an actual person to the person <laughs> that I've seen on the internet for years. Well, thank you so much. 
You guys, didn't you just love them? They just have this unique ability to be able to stay connected to people even through a recording. <laughs> I was so grateful to be with them in person and to actually be able to feel their warmth and energy and their love for each other. And I'm so excited that you guys get to be a part of listening to their story. I hope this helps you to believe in the power of connection and how you can find your love. Thank you so much for listening to the Dating Counselor podcast, where I help you build a successful relationship. It would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast so that we can change the way dating is happening and everybody can have a successful experience. If you do, please send me a screenshot. I would love to see your review and share it on my social media. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. Peace and blessings. This podcast and the social media associated with it represents the opinions of Lonnie K. Harmon, LCSW, and her guests to the show. The content here is intended to be psychoeducational and should not be taken as specific mental health advice. The content here is for informational and educational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health professional for any mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are her own and that of her guests to the show. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Privacy is of, is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapist-client relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast, please send a message to Lonnie at Lonnie at MillCreek-Counseling.com. That's Lonnie, L-O-N-I, at MillCreek-Counseling.com.